You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 361. You're listening to The Lively Show. This podcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra presence to your everyday. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the show today. I am so excited to be with you on this episode 361, sharing with you a bit of a hodgepodge of things. There's not a Q&A. It's not an inner voice session. It is just just Lively talking with you. And that's really exciting to me today. I've got a variety of topics, some of them kind of teaching, conceptual, and some of them just very human-oriented in our 3D bodies and things that I have been experiencing personally that you might be curious about. So let me go into those. And also I have an exciting new class that I wanna share. I birthed the class idea yesterday night at 11 p.m. and now I am already putting the wheels into motion so that this begins for you in early August. This is obviously, as I'm recording this, it's August 1st, but let me look at the quick calendar to tell you, it's either gonna start the 10th or the 17th of August. My intuition's kind of leading me to the 17th. So as you go over to jesslively.com slash alignedabundance, which I'll get to in a second, that's probably the date you're gonna see as the start date. But I'm recording this for you because I'm so excited to tell you about it and also fill you in on these other pieces of, of kind of subjects, like some about law of attraction and how I feel like it would be helpful to explain this reality as like a little fine tuning, catch up on that because these concepts and analogies are, have been coming to me over the last several weeks and I hope that they are useful for you first and foremost. And then also I have some updates on my eyesight, skincare that's been really working for me and yeah, just other bits and bobs as the British say. And I am here in London as I record this for you. So it feels very appropriate to use some English British lingo. But anyways, as we get into this, like I said, yesterday night, 11 p.m., I birthed an idea. I birthed a class without really expecting to, of course, at 11 p.m. It just kind of came to me that now is the time that feels aligned to talk about one of the favorite subjects that I have in this reality, which is abundance. I love abundance. I think this is something that I have a lot of experience experiencing and I have studied it, but it's also just been a genuine strength of mine. So I've kind of done a little bit of studying of it, but also the real practice of it in a really great, beautiful way that's really worked for me so that I have this freedom and flexibility of following my alignment and flow and choosing the reality that I want to have without beanbags associated with it very often at all anymore. Of course, this was not the case when I first started in the subject of abundance. Holy crap, when I started, I basically started my abundance journey with a $5 bag of seed beads at 15 years old. And then I grew that from the $5 bag selling to people and to 12 stores in high school and then got into college, then did the jewelry company there, $700 saved by the time I graduated. And then I started with an $800 a month rent in Chicago. So I had to pretty much succeed and succeed I did. Now in the early years, I did not have abundance whatsoever. I really started with my own seed bead seed money to my own company and have been self-created ever since, but it really changed the game for me when I found the whole law of attraction and the concepts associated with consciousness interacting with this reality. And since the last several years have evolved, I have basically been living a very unlimited, aligned abundance experience. And I really wanna share that with you. It's something that 
is so natural to me that it wasn't an area, I guess, in a, in a specific subject alone I ever really thought to talk about, but it is something I get loads of questions on from our community in coaching calls in classes like Flow with Intention or in Life with Intention or Magic Not Manual or Elevate with Intention. Often money is a subject or abundance as a subject is brought up. And this coming class on August 17th is going to be the class where I give that to you. I share everything and I'm so excited because this class is different or will be different than most of the classes I've taught in the recent years aside from IVFT. So this one's going to be highly interactive. There's going to be a lot of habit changing and practice and fun and delight that's going to be woven into this class. It's not just going to be inner voicing and beanbag releasing. Of course, those things will be included as tools for you, but I'm also throwing the kitchen sink in there. We're going to have my favorite two people that I recommend to my own friends and family the most. I have sent so many different clients to my personal friend who is an astrologer and my personal friend who is an RTT hypnotherapist. I don't know how many, maybe dozens of clients they've had over the years sent to me, like by me to help somebody that I meet in my daily life. And I'm so excited to share them in this class and one of our IVFT facilitators who has been focused on the subject of beanbags and money blocks is also going to be coming into this class. So this is going to be a very multifaceted, multi almost approach to the topic of abundance. So it's a little bit Hogwarts, it's a little bit IVFT, it's a little bit, you know, pure consciousness thrown in there with a bit of cocoon as needed as well, but it's gonna really hopefully help you to have a lot of different tools and transitions and techniques into abundance so that it truly is an unlimited aligned experience for you as it is for myself. This is not a beginner's class, I will say that right away too. This isn't for somebody that has zero abundance right now. This is for people that have a flow of abundance that's there. Maybe it's a pretty, you know, kind of consistent trickle, or maybe it's pretty steady, or maybe you're doing well with it, but this is just your favorite subject and you just want to go all in and just really, really live that abundantly unlimited aspect of abundance. This is more for those intermediate kind of people that are going to love elevating their abundance in an unlimited way. So if that sounds like you and your intuition thinks this sounds like a fit, there's going to be, like I said, there'll be beanbag releasing. Of course, there will be abundance buddies in the class. So you're going to have time to work one-on-one -on -one in partnership so that you can really get a lot more direction from within yourself and helping your buddy to do so as well. And there's going to be loads of time coaching with me and also our collaborators, including the RTT hypnotherapist I mentioned, the astrologist, who is going to offer also astrology readings for people in relation to how their chart works as, as a whole to illuminate and to elevate their abundance because it's kind of a whole picture look. That's an additional add-on if you want to have a personal private session with the astrologer, but it's something my friends have come back to me saying that they have loved doing it, given them so much insight into their own manifesting and abundance alignments. And she's also going to be doing a general class, which is a part of the main course, of course, that is all about abundant strategies based on your chart. So that's super fun. There'll be the RTT hypnotherapy recording for people to help listen to as they fall asleep, just as if you had done a, you know, very 
possibly expensive, I you know, RTT session, you're going to get the recording that those types of people get at the end of their sessions to listen to, to help rewire their neural networks. I'm just really excited. This is going to have some surprises thrown in. There are other things I'm really excited. It's four weeks long, but there's going to be a lot of practice of putting these things into your daily actual life through the month. So like I say, as always, if your intuition feels it's a fit, I'm so excited to work with you, as are the people on my little dream team that I have created here as well. So if this feels fun for you, you can go over to JessLively.com slash AlignedAbundance and join us. But now let's move on to the rest of what I want to share, which is number one, this is kind of the two first metaphors I want to share are just kind of things I hope to help you with to uplift and add clarity to your mind as you're living in this life in a more kind of lucid dreaming way. You know, we talk about creating on reality. Abraham Hicks is a great, great, great resource for this kind of material. One of the things I've been thinking about as I've been watching this reality play out for myself and other people in my life is just recognizing another way of looking at the law of attraction or how you're creating your reality and really decoupling the idea that your thoughts are you creating your reality. It's not your thoughts that are creating your reality. It's your feelings or your feelings are the extension of the vibration or the frequency as one of our IVFT grads said in a recent class. It's one of your frequencies that are going to create your reality. So your frequency gets first probably experienced as an emotion and then ultimately experienced in your thought life. But just by changing thoughts without changing the vibrational and the frequency within the body isn't gonna do anything. You're still gonna be creating at the end of the day from the deeper place, the vibrational place within you. So you can, as Abraham says, all day long, you don't have to even have a thought about a subject to have a positive outcome as long as the vibration within you is clear and unobstructed with resistance or limiting beliefs. So, or limiting frequencies more, more specifically, really. It's not limiting beliefs. The beliefs are just the thoughts you keep thinking based on the frequency underneath it. So another way of approaching all of what I just said is to think of this reality as an echo. So even Eckhart Tolle says, when you get the inside right, the outside falls into place. So the inside frequency is just going to set the outside echo. So imagine it like this, okay? So if you're thinking of an area of your life that you're the most strong in, like let's say it's health, I am healthy. This reality is an echo. And so what it's gonna echo back to you is, I am healthy. If your vibrational frequency is, I'm not healthy, let's say you have a disease or something, your mind is very focused and worried about it. Then you have the vibrational frequency of stress, worry, fear. Then your thoughts may also, of course, go in that direction as well, but not necessarily so. But if the fear is in the body, then the reality is going to echo that fear. So I'm not healthy. I'm not healthy. I am rich. I am rich. I'm not rich. I'm not rich. Am I rich? Am I rich? Even that, even the questioning of, am I worthy? Am I worthy? That kind of question mark is also permitted as an echo. That also is a frequency. There's a huge vibrational frequency difference between I am abundant to am I abundant? Am I abundant? I am abundant. I am abundant. Or I am healthy. I am healthy. Or am I healthy? Am I healthy? The outside's just going to echo back in your circumstances and manifestations. So 
If you're curious, your outside reality as it's reflecting what it's showing you is your indicator of what's inside of you. And the beautiful thing is we have beanbag sessions through the living room if you want to join us for free through the foundation to help you release those beanbags inside the frequencies that are stopping that otherwise aligning natural flow within yourself to creating in a natural flowing way in your outer reality. So feel free to go there and try those techniques that we share, like I said, through the living room on JessLively.com. Just head over to the living room and scroll through. We have amazing classes all the time that you can join totally for free and learn these tools. But that kind of block inside is what's also gonna create the block on the outside. Or conversely, that strength inside, that clarity, that peace, that trust, that knowingness, it all is well without a beanbag, so to speak, emotional beanbag on top, will create that in your echo on the outside. Or let's say you have an area that's like for a minor like hiccup and you're like, oh, that's weird. Normally I'm really abundant or normally I'm really healthy and this random thing comes up. When you're really, really clear on the inside, even if these temporary manifestations on the outside show up, they won't stick around for very long and they won't throw you off your center because if it's really, really clear on the deepest level, it can't stay in your reality for long. So. Number one I wanted to share is to think about this reality as an echo chamber, and you're just in a big old cave. (laughs) The 3D is just showing you the echo that's coming from the inside. It's not that the echo is the reason you feel the feelings on the inside, but after the echo gets going for so long, just like if you scream in the cave, hello, 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 you know, like after hearing hello 35 times, you kind of forget that you're the one that said hello in the first place because you get so lost in hearing the echo over and over again in the cave. But that frequency gets started somewhere within us and it gets a little bit more challenging or multi-layered or multifaceted, shall we say, if there is a bit of a past life situation that's even an echo from an earlier point in time that is not experienced by this specific human. A way of thinking of that is like, let's say your iPhone, I have an iPhone. I just actually got a new computer. Okay, so here we go, great analogy. So I have a new computer and I just got it here in London, it's great. But my old computer, which was also great, is from 2016. And that's, let's say, the other life. And then I got iCloud. And so all my documents and photos and everything are up in the cloud, which is you could call the mind and also the soul are up in the cloud, the non-physical, and they carry over and download into this new computer. And so there could be things like photos or documents from the old computer and the experiences that happened originally on the other keyboard of the old computer that have nothing to do with this brand new gorgeous computer that I just have in front of me, but could be carried over. They could have still a document or a program or an idea, not necessarily a program program, but like a, you know, concept. Imagine this, imagine the photo the memory still is there because it's in the cloud and being received through this new hardware. So that's an interesting way of thinking about this echo. It could potentially have carried over from another computer, so to speak, but really is after the computer experienced it, uploaded into the cloud, which is that combination of soul and mind that carries forward. Obviously, we don't remember all the conversations we've ever had in past lives. As Abraham says, we'd go crazy if we were, you know, 
aware of everything that had happened on the other computers. We only save the important stuff, just like you kind of do with iCloud. You try to typically, or at least I do, I try not to have a lot of excess stuff on the cloud. I try to just keep the stuff that are really essential to carry over onto the new computer and let the rest go. I think our fragmenting systems or our own souls and minds do similar things, but sometimes those really important positives or skill sets or traumatic experiences can carry over. And so that also can be an echo that's not necessarily from this new computer or laptop, but is a part of the greater network, the soul-mind combination in the non-physical. So there's a little bit of a caveat to that, which is also to say we do create our own realities. That's true, but not necessarily like everything in this reality is what a mind would say is our fault or our origin as far as the laptop, which is our human body in this lifetime, is concerned. It may also just be a bit of an echo and carry over from another one if it was a very strong gift, strong positive experience, or strong negative experience. The really important stuff can carry over. The good news is, though, ultimately all of the, you could say like, negative does get released at some future echo point in time. So none of it's ultimately permanent, but some of it does carry over between laptops. So that's a whole nother conversation. I'm getting a little bit uh, ahead of myself. I really just wanted to mention to think about this reality as an echo. And so whatever you're seeing on the outside is a reflection of your inner frequency. But the good news is once you identify what you're getting back to you in a consistent way, you can also change and release and adapt so that those heavier frequencies aren't echoing any further into the future. And that is the good news. So if you're aware enough at this point of your life to be creating and listening to this kind of show and getting what I'm saying, there is generally enough awareness to eventually bring clarity to set the intention. I'd like to get rid of that echo. Set that intention. And that leads me perfectly into my second subject I wanted to share because I also think this has been so powerful for me myself in personal life and also sharing with other people in coaching sessions I've been doing as well. Play fetch with your mind. So remember, if you've listened to me for any period of time on the show or especially in coaching calls, I often ask the question, what is your mind's favorite chew toy? As if your mind is a dog and it has a favorite toy. My dogs in the past had favorite toys that they loved, some more than others. They played with a lot of toys, but some of them they had a particular fondness to. I find that our minds do a similar thing. They have subjects that they love chewing on, problem solving on, thinking about over and over and over again. Sometimes it's functional and sometimes it's really dysfunctional and obsessive. The favorite two toys are usually the ones the mind's most obsessed in worrying and problem solving around. And unfortunately, because the mind's trying to problem solve what doesn't ultimately need to be solved by the mind in this way, in this reality, at least not efficiently or magically by any means, it actually creates a bigger problem by chewing on it so much. So this is the new evolution of that metaphor. Are you ready for it? Okay, so if your mind has a favorite chew toy, a topic, a question mark, when should I leave my job? Should I stay with this partner? Should I have my third kid now? Should I take on this opportunity? Should I invest in crypto? Should I pull out of crypto? 
whatever, whatever the subject is, should I go home for Christmas this year? Whatever the subject, especially if there's any energy around it, the mind's going to want to think about it a lot and and feel kind of, the mind will try to feel responsible and kind of bad and down on itself for maybe not knowing what the answer is right now, but it feels like it should. Can I get an amen? Does that make sense? Does that relate to anything you've ever felt? Like the mind has this onus on itself that it needs to figure out this this problem, this solution, where's the money coming from? What should I do next? Should I leave? Should I stay on whatever subject you can think of? It feels like it's responsible for figuring out your life and it needs to make decisions. Of course, your mind is capable of making decisions, but The clarity that comes from your intuition on the decisions and the timing of those decisions is truly, I don't want to use the word divine because that sounds so over the top, but truly it is. (laughs) It is so, let's use another word, aligning. It aligns. It lets that ball that you shoot like a basketball fall into the net with a swoosh when your intuition is doing it versus slamming it with your mind or just like having it blast off the backboard because it throws it and it's not, or it's getting blocked by the, you know, move of another player. So Playing fetch with your mind is my new suggestion to you. So here's what it is. Instead of the mind having a favorite chew toy and chew, 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 think, 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 think on it over and over again, throw it into the future. So we live in a time-space reality. Great. Throw it into the future, which is to say, throw it into time. You don't know yet if you don't have clarity yet from your intuition what to do. Okay, that's clear. There, There is not yet clarity. I think that's something that I watch even my own mind, my friends' minds, and certainly a lot of clients' minds feel is that they should know what the answer is to whatever the subject is right now. But the truth is, if they don't know now, it's just not known now, but there's not necessarily a problem in that. It's just that the mind is unsatisfied with that reality that it doesn't know yet. But the solution to this is to play fetch, throw the chew toy like you were throwing it to a dog into the field, which would be to throw it into space and time because it's going forward into you know, let's say I was just in Hyde Park yesterday watching a woman with this really cool, she had a big yellow Labrador and she had this cool plastic shooty toy, kind of like a slingshot. And she put the tennis ball in the slingshot and then she'd throw it and launch it so her dog could go chase it. And because he's so fast, this like slingshot thing allowed the ball to sail further than her arm could throw it. And then he had the joy of galloping forward into the field and finding the ball and then bringing it back to her. And that's what he loved to do. Okay, let your mind do that. Let your mind play fetch. So your mind is kind of the dog and you're also kind of the the slingshot or human. So kind of a dual purpose here. But imagine taking the subject you don't yet know the answer to. Allow the fact that you aren't clear yet. That's okay. It's a completely valid answer is to know that you don't know yet. Great. Let that happen. And then just throw it. Throw it with the slingshot. Just throw it into the future. Let your then alignment of your next action and the next aligned thing to do unfold you forward into time and space. So you're kind of like the dog running around in the field, playing and having fun in this reality. And eventually at some future point in time, you will find the ball. 
you're going to find the answer. The answer will become clear, but it's kind of like letting go of the chew toy and letting it be in the future. So it's not that the, the answer's missing. It's just in some future point in time that you don't yet have access to. And that is okay. There are many, many times in this reality where we would be so much better off. There are times, I will say, where we don't want to constantly say we can never find something or we don't know the answer to something because it can sometimes be a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like, I don't know, echo, I don't know. (laughs) So there is sometimes a little bit of that, which we don't want to have all the time. But I think there's other moments where I don't know is a valid response because the frequency can be in trust. So instead of the frequency of fear on the subject of I don't know, like I don't know, and then the reality is I don't know because it's the frequency, not the thought, right? I don't know, actually. That's a great point. So you can have a thought like I don't know, and the frequency, when I said it's a vibrational frequency that's really creating your reality, it's not the thought like I am abundant, even though you're not feeling abundant, that's not going to change anything. Your echo and your reality is going to echo back the frequency. Now, I don't know is beautiful as an example because if there is trust and there is openness and there is love and creativity and relaxedness in the frequency of, I don't know, then it's, I don't know. (laughs) And there's a frequency of positive to that I don't know that will bring you a beautifully aligned manifestation. The other way of, I don't know, is I don't know. And that is going to collapse our energy. So one way expands our energy into the unknown and lets a new potential surprise and delight us. Like, where is the ball in the field? I don't know. I don't know where it is. I don't know. I threw it into time, but now I don't know where it is. I lost it. It's not lost. It's just not found yet. But that joy that the dog goes through in the field is supposed to be, obviously, like we just said, joyful. Instead of a fearful search for the ball, like, oh my gosh, mom lost the ball. I've got to go look for it everywhere. And there's something wrong with me if I don't find it right away. The dog's having fun. They got the launching rocket thing because he wants to run farther. That's how much the dog loves this idea of the chase or as Abraham would say, the journey of this reality isn't just to find the answers to everything. It's about enjoying the journey along the way. That dog is rollicking, frolicking into the field, having fun. And it's almost like he's having, he does have fun when he gets the ball, just like our mind will have fun when we have the answer in most cases. But there is a bit of fun in the search or there is a bit of fun in the the day-to-day alignments in between those moments of launching the ball and finding it. So the frequency of living with that I don't know isn't a fearful one. It's a trusting, alive. I'm not responsible for having this answer yet, so I don't need to chew on it anymore. Let me just throw it ahead and I'm going to let the knowingness bring it to me or I'm going to let my knowingness show me where it is through the joy of the next step and the next step and the next step. So that fetch and the echo are the two things I wanted to share with you and the subjects of just kind of general principles of this reality and how your energy can serve you. So hopefully those are helpful. Now I have some other helpful, hopefully hopefully helpful stuff. One is on the subject of my skin. If you remember my 31 to 35, I had PCOS. I never had a natural period until Elisa, blessed Vidi, Elisa Vidi came on the show, functional medicine, and she talked about the the benefits of functional medicine and that your body can heal itself. And I had this PCOS and these birth control pills ascribed to me for, I think about 
on and off for about 10 years of my life. It certainly made my skin clear, but when I went off the pills, my skin really, with my hormones finding their own balance and getting my first periods naturally um, at the age of 31, uh, really set my skin into a tizzy. And then for years, especially while traveling, I couldn't live uh, perfectly, you know, diet to the functional lifestyle ways that Alyssa, for example, shared. And I'm definitely to say like that could be a great tool. And I'm sure many, many people have been helped by living in a, you know, food in a sequential and in specific foods and certain times of their month and everything. I'm sure people get so much benefit out of that. But while I was traveling, it was very, very difficult to do anything like that when I was, you know, week by week in a suitcase, never sure what country I was going to end up in next. So the skin really took a toll. Until about, I would say like two years ago, maybe. And then it really found a bit of a much, much better balance. But it was severe, like to the point of disfiguring. I remember times I was in Ireland, 2017, maybe 2018. And I remember putting on makeup above it, but it was like literal volcano. So to take pictures, my face, you could see even from a photo far away that there was something coming off of my face. And it was the same color as my skin because I had put so much concealer and makeup on top of it, but it was quite literally disfiguring. So Anyways, have a bit of scarring, but I've also done a lot of skin treatments to help with that over the years. So it's pretty minimal these days. And the skin, like I said, thankfully over, I don't know, maybe 40 periods later, definitely is really good. But I wanted to share what I wish I could have told my younger self in case this is helpful for anyone else on a skin journey too, in terms of stuff to help the skin stay clear. So this, it's not about the PCOS piece of that at all, but I wanted to share like stuff I put on my skin because God knows I've probably spent it over $10,000, maybe between 10 and 15, maybe 20, who knows? I have spent a lot of money on this subject. At first I resented it, but then I kind of, as I was like constantly buying stuff and it really wasn't about the price of the thing. I was just so desperate to find the answers to what would help my skin. So I tried almost everything I could find that would possibly promise this skin. Right now I have had particularly incredible skin. And I want to share those pieces that have worked for me. Now, I will say I've met so many people over this journey that have amazing skin with so many different sensitivities or lack of sensitivities. So I have met people that have incredible skin that use night oils on their skin every day and their skin is truly flawless. So this is not for me to be saying is right for everybody. But I just want to say this because I wish Jess Lively at 31 could have heard this for herself. So I'm going to say this for her and in case it's useful for anybody else. But like I said, if you've got amazing skin, you're probably doing exactly the perfect thing for you. But for me, even this one piece of this, I just found out or two of them recently. Okay, let's dive in. So number one, I wish I could tell myself to stay oil-free in terms of the products. Now this is very was actually really hard for me when I was going through this period because I had a few years of extremely dry skin. So oil-free products, oil has such moisture in it in a way. And But I found over time that even rosehip oil, which a lot of products have to help the skin and a lot of products that are supposedly helpful to the skin, for me, if it's oil in it, it's not going to keep my skin clear. So for me, I would advise my younger self to find oil-free products. 
also, this is my big one that I just figured out and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so thrilled. This is the piece that I think has been eluding me even to this day and I just figured out and I'm just already seeing amazing results was silicone free. Now, I never saw the word silicone in my products necessarily, but what I saw was the word dimethicone. And dimethicone apparently, and I'll give you a little background, um, at one of my stages of my journey, I ended up in San Francisco at the Skin Salvation Clinic. If you have deeply just like deeply disturbing acne like I did. If you have it, you know what I'm talking about. If you got that and you have any access or ability to get over to San Francisco and go to Skin Salvation, they are top notch, the best and most thorough skincare people. I went to many specialists over the years, but they were bar none, hands down, very strict, I will say, kind of really, really, really strict. I mean, I think they even get into the hair products you use and your toothpaste and stuff. It's not just what you put on your skin at all. They have this incredible website and I really, really encourage you to go to it even if you're nowhere near San Francisco because God bless them. They created this thing called the skin checker or no, the non-comogenic ingredient skin checker. Just go to Skin Salvation SF or Google that and then look up their product checker. They have made this tool, which is like the living room for skin people, (laughs) I guess. It's not really like the living room, our foundation product, but it is so incredibly helpful. It's a free service. I think you just put your email in to go on their email list in order to use the ingredient checker, but you copy paste ingredients that you might be looking at at the grocery store or at Sephora or online. Copy paste the ingredient list from a list of ingredients. It's very easy to find like Sephora type products or Cole Beauty products. They have a full ingredient list in the pull down bars on the products you might be looking at. Or if you're at a grocery store, I have been known to sit at a Whole Foods, look up a product in the store and then Google it to find the ingredient list and go to this exact skin checker in this ingredient checker, because over and over again, I found that if I did this and I really listened to what the ingredient list results gave me. I really had better skin and it also showed me things like the oils. Obviously you can kind of read the oil stuff. It's usually like a soybean oil or sunflower oil and they'll have a lot of information even too in this checker, but it'll show you the level of clogginess of each individual ingredient which is amazing. So you can see if it's a zero, it's not clogging. If it's not even showing up as highlighted, not clogging. If it's a one, two, three, up to five, fours, fives, and even threes can be quite clogging. But one of the things I realized was diamethicone. And the way I figured that one out, and they say even even for skin salvation, a very strict top-notch you know, clinic like this, they say that dimethicone is usually fine for most people. So most people listening to this will not have this issue. But for me, I was part of what they say on their website is two to 5% of the population that does have a dimethicone reaction. So I realized recently because I was using their specific sunscreen that they sell that does include dimethicone and researching it because I was still feeling cloggy after a product I'm gonna share in a second, I realized something's clogging my pores. And since I use the Water Fresh Skin Tint by Chanel, which is a super, super lightweight skin kind of balancing, it's even lighter than a CC cream, but it just keeps your skin looking really natural, but it evens out the redness and patchiness of different color textures around the skin. It doesn't cover my freckles or anything, but it evens out, especially like patches of redness. It doesn't have any oils in it. It doesn't have dimethicone in it. So I knew that that was keeping my skin really nice, but something else was still clogging it. And the only thing I was really 
putting on it besides a moisturizer that didn't have oil or dimethicone was the sunscreen. And so I started to think, I think it's the sunscreen. Even if I would stay in the house for a day or two and not put the sunscreen on, my skin would stay clear. So I deduced that dimethicone was a problem for me. And it took a while to find an oil-free and dimethicone-free sunscreen. If I could put out a call out to the universe, because Abraham says, if you cre- if you can imagine it, you can create it. The call out I'd have for the mainstream commercial sunscreen companies and brands doing skincare, do an oil-free and silicone dimethicone-free formula of SPF. That would be incredible. I would be the first purchaser. Thankfully, I've just spent loads of time researching online, and in every time I'm in a store now, I'm just scanning the ingredient packaging to find out if those things are on, because I'm kind of, because of that product checker from Skin Salvation becoming my own educated, I can actually start to look at these ingredients through the repetition of dropping them into the online checker. I can kind of see oil is listed as oil or dimethicone and just avoid them by without even looking them up. But that has been huge. Thankfully, at a laser clinic of all places here in London the other day, I found a dimethicone and oil-free combination of sunscreen. And it's kind of a random line. It's out of Australia. Of course, I love Australia, so I'm no surprise. They have really, obviously, also, if you know Australia or Australians, they love their skincare and especially their SPF because of the hole in the ozone layer. So they really go to town on SPF, but it's called Institute without an E. So I-N-S-T-I T-U-T. They have a age defense SPF 50. It's a broad spectrum sunscreen and it is keeping my skin so clear. So I was super, super, super chuffed as the Brits say to find that and to be able to use that for myself. So I'm thankfully really, really, I guess you could say poor cleared, which feels so Good. I still have a little bit of hormonal acne at that time of the month on my chin, but my forehead was really my telltale sign because I don't normally get pimples up there, but I could still get texture and clogged pores. Now, my next secret I think is actually even more widely going to be beneficial to people than the silicone or oil-free thing. This one came because of two different people I met in different parts of the world, and their skin was so good that I asked them what they do with their skin. That's how good. I just randomly asked these people, and I don't often ask people really what they do with their skin, but these two people I did, one was in Hawaii during 2020 COVID, and the other person was actually recently at a high-end skincare store in Portugal, and both women said the same answer. Aztec Secret. They use this product. You can get it on Amazon. If you're in the US, you're lucky because it's really easy to get and available. I think it might even be possibly in Targets and stuff like that. I'm not sure. But I know it's on Amazon. It's like maybe 10 dollars or so. Huge tub. You can Google this or search this on YouTube. There are so many people doing like week-long challenges of it and all that jazz. It is amazing. It's a clay mask that you could put together with water or apple cider vinegar and a sidebar of that. My intuition years ago when I had the courage to finally ask it if it had anything I should put on my face, which I was highly doubtful that my inner voice was going to be uh, able to tell me what to put on my face like it was a dermatologist or something. But it did tell me something back then and it said vinegar. And this is before I knew apple cider vinegar is largely used on the face. It's before I found out that medical medium even exists. And he also says that apple cider vinegar is very good for the skin. But I had heard that and I was in shock because 
that sounded like a really weird thing to put on my face. But I will say that using this mask and using it with apple cider vinegar is uncomfortable to be sure. It pulsates as they say on the, the jar, but really pulsating is a nice word for it. I feel like it itches and kind of burns, but not any overly horrible way, but in a way that's just enough bearableness to keep doing it, but the results of it are incredible. Don't use any metal because apparently that kind of changes like with a metal spoon or metal bowl. Use like a wooden spoon and a ceramic bowl or plastic or something else. Just don't use metal. And then you just kind of mix it together and you put on your face for 15 to 30 minutes. Oh my goodness. It just pulls out everything out of your pores. I was just seeing my skin get so clear. It got so clear actually in red, to be honest. I do it at night because it's clean and clear by the morning and the pores are emptied out in the middle of the night but still looks red after you take it off and it dries off on the face and then you wash it off but it got so good that atlas was like i need to start using that and i do a lot of stuff to my face and atlas is never interested in any of the products that i use but he saw the results on my face with this mask and he too i would say about half the time I do it, he'll do it with me because he knows how a natural it is, which is very much up his street, but also how good it is seeing the results on my own skin. And that's actually, the mask itself is what actually helped me deduce the silicone-free dimethicone issue was because every night for about five days, I was kind of going to town on this mask and I was just seeing better and better results as I did it. I knew I wasn't gonna do it every single day on my skin by any means, but I wanted to get a really good run at clearing out what had been backlogged in the skin over time. And so I was using it every day, but I would notice on the days that I put sunscreen on, it would be clogged by the end of the day. Not totally horribly, but enough to see that something was going in the pores and clogging them up. And so that's when I realized I needed to find a different sunscreen and voila, here I am. So there you go. That was an incredible product and I think could have a much wider use for people even if you aren't dimethicone sensitive or oil-free. This could still potentially be a really great extractor. Maybe just use it you know, once a week, twice, like a month, whatever suits you, but it was incredible, super cheap. I mean, money is no <laughs> object for me after all the years and journey that I've been on. I will happily pay for great skin, but this one happily doesn't cost a lot. Actually, I will say I kind of have a high-low situation going on. I've also had a lot of great results from the Augustinus Bader, the light cream or the the not the regular original cream, not the rich cream, because I think that has oil in it, but the, the regular cream, that's also helping a lot with my redness. So I feel like I'm doing really, really good overall with my skin, super happy about it. And I'm happy to share those results for you in case they're helpful too. All right, not to bore you with more skin stuff, let's move on. Eyesight, this is something that I even got a message about in Instagram recently. So I thought I would share on this because if you may remember years ago, I went glasses free with a negative four eyesight prescription. <laughs> so just went cold turkey. I was in a Joe Dispenza event at a conference, ironically here in London, probably 2017 or 20, maybe 18, and went cold turkey on the glasses when I read the book, Jacob Lieberman, who's also been a guest on the show years ago after this point, wrote about. So I kind of thought about all the Joe Dispenza channels or sorry not channels but the the people that have these incredible results like getting rid of cancer or all these different illnesses as it was at the event i was thinking i don't want to have to get a mega disease in order to heal from it why don't i just like look at what i already have and see if i can 
change and improve something that's already existing that I have and I thought about my eyes. So that's what led me to take off your glasses and see the book Jacob Lieberman wrote and I cried when I read it because I resonated so much with what he shared. And also I love Jacob's story because he became this icon for me or at least a potential for me showing that somebody could regain complete eyesight I guess you could say magically, (laughs) his perception shifted outside of his eyes, which is incredible. So his eyeballs still need glasses, but he sees 2020. It's amazing. I've actually become dear friends with Jacob. I haven't spoken to him in a few years, but over those years where I was glasses free and contacts free, I was, you know, like a little protege of him, hanging out with him a few days, a few days and a few times in Hawaii, and then also doing regular, semi-regular kind of coaching calls with him by by video um, online wherever I was in the world. And what I would love to share about that is actually I could do a whole episode on the things that I learned from that. But at one point I went to see Jacob after a very long, I don't remember exactly how long, maybe six months to a year of not wearing glasses, just went cold turkey. I realized so much about sight and energy and this reality. It was wild to really see that instead of getting completely better in my eyes and instead of getting better senses of like hearing or smell which you kind of hear about people amplifying their other senses if they're blind for example I didn't get better at hearing or touching or anything but I did get better at the sixth sense so I got much better about feeling into energy because I couldn't see small details like if a waiter looked annoyed at me or if somebody walking down the street thought I was cute or was angry at me or anything I couldn't see those kinds of details so they couldn't matter to me or if they if I wanted them to matter I had to read into energy which was non-physical because I couldn't see the physical details very much so I had to read energy or if I was at a mall that was a particularly frustrating experience many times because the light in the mall is not natural sun and I could see 10 times better in natural sun in broad daylight than I could in artificial lighting and pinpoint lighting like a mall would be and so I would be frustrated because I couldn't see if a store from a distance would be something I'd want to go into. Is that store something my mom would like to shop in or is it something I would like? Or is that product down that hallway something I should go look at or not? I don't know. So I was left in this kind of haze of unknown because I couldn't see the detail of things at any real distance. So actually Jacob helped me to, again, tune back into energy. He said, trust that the right things you'll be drawn to and that everything else that you can't see is not meant for you, that you'll feel into the right things. So I learned so many things, but it's mostly on this, like the art of the non-physicals. It was tuning into my intuition. Now, if you're wondering, I wasn't driving any cars. I haven't driven a car literally except for a go-kart. I did drive a go-kart recently with Atlas, but I was wearing contacts then. But the time where I was not wearing glasses or contacts, and since before then, I sold my car in Michigan years ago, 2017 maybe, and that was the last time I've driven a car. So there was no need to worry about that. And my eyes, even though they were negative four, meant I couldn't see much uh, detail, like find text at a distance, but I could see obviously things like taxis and I could pack my stuff in my suitcase. I actually learned also how to relax. At first I was hyper anxious without the glasses and the ability to see detail, but then I started to really, really relax and kind of live in my own little reality. 
man, it was so easy too. And I actually felt like I looked really beautiful and, you know, wrinkle free. Everybody else looked wrinkle free. I couldn't see the hair on the Airbnb's floors in the bathroom. So like dirt and small things, the small stuff couldn't bother me because I simply couldn't see it. (laughs) So there was a lot of kind of relaxedness that ultimately set in about this kind of sight. That said, the other hardest place to see, and this is where I would wear like some negative one prescription, which is not like an actual prescription for me, but they're just helpful uh, to give me some partial extra definition to things. I would use those glasses in the airport because again, unnatural light and very small, like where is the, you know, the lobby that I need, the lounge I need to go to, or where is the the right uh, terminal, that kind of stuff, those details on signs, I would obviously need to see in different parts of the world in different airports I wasn't familiar with. So I needed to see like the, the, the flight board and that kind of stuff. So those details, the negative ones gave me a little bit more definition and also like to order from a menu at a cafe behind the bar. If they had it on a chalkboard, I would use those glasses at negative one just to add a little bit more definition. But Jacob, when he tested me six to 12 months later, said I in regular light could see in a relaxed state at 30-20. But I realized, and I know this, is sight is not consistent. Even though it feels like you only see when you're, when you're going between contacts and glasses, contacts and glasses all the time like I used to, I would have told you for sure that I always see the same amount of blur. But It's not true. Going two years, I could see very, with a relaxed breath, opening my eyes slowly in certain conditions. If I really took the right steps, I could see quite well, but then it would go out of focus. So it wasn't a consistently clear focus, but it was definitely possible to be able to get clarity at extremely large distances that seemed almost impossible to my mind over time, enough to get to that 30-20 site in the right conditions. But again, it wasn't consistent because if the lighting conditions were consistent or I was in a hurry or I was stressed, the eyesight would shift. Imagine it like a bubble around me that would expand in and expand out in different conditions. It's almost like my perceptual ability was expanding more in and out, even though the way I felt or experienced it from a body's perspective is that the stuff was clearer or further away. It was more like my energy was able to to expand out further or in further, which is really interesting if you're in a very far stage of consciousness that you'll re-listen to that part again a few more times. And I think you're going to get a really interesting insight in that about the nature of this reality. But okay, I digress. So that is something that I experienced. Eventually, I decided to go back to wearing contacts. I wear negative threes now, which are my driving prescription. If I was to have to go driving now and I can see 2020 with the negative threes now the optometrist I just went to said as she checked me because I needed a new contact prescription I like wearing contacts now because I enjoy the definition of this reality even though it was quite a shock to see how how many pores I could see in different people's faces and lines on my own and everything (laughs) it was very harsh reality at first but also there's a beauty to being able to see all of the the details of a flower very clearly and that sort of thing. So it has its pros and its cons to seeing in a tight definition, but overall it's been a way that I've enjoyed. And I just trust that if I meant to spontaneously restore my eyesight, that still can happen. I haven't had any urge to get eye like laser treatments or anything like that because I kind of do, even though I'm happy and fine wearing my contacts and glasses at negative three, I kind of love the idea 
that they could, <laughs> my, my consciousness could have that leap in perception and start to see clearly without my eyes having been adapted to see clearly themselves from like a laser. So anyways, we shall see if the Jacob Lieberman effect happens to me at some point in this future, but it hasn't yet. But that's my eyesight update. Loved the experience that I went through. It was the right thing for me to do at the right time in my life and my lifestyle, not driving a car, etc worked with it. So this for sure may not be the right thing for other people to try. But even I, I would say that even Jacob always recommends even just trying a little bit less than the 2020 prescription, all the way like going even just to your driving prescription, which is not needed to be 2020 exactly. But have something obviously so that you are legally able to drive on the road, or at least be able to put those kind of glasses or contacts on when you are driving. And then feel free to go lighter than that type of prescription for other days if you feel like it. It's nicer to have a looser cast, so to speak, on your eyes or brace on them overall. So there you go. That is my eyesight for you. All right. I think that's it. I think these are kind of the the chatty, get ready with me kind of things that I wanted to share with you. Also, on a personal note, I have been all things Bella lately, Bella of the 3D. So I have been loving Bella beautiful things, whether if it's a beautiful, this is kind of typical of me, that's not that different, but the recent subject my uh, alignment has been thrilled to death with has been the outfitting, I call it. It's kind of, I made it a verb, outfitting. I guess you could say it's style, but I, as a jewelry designer for 14 years, always obviously was very connected to jewelry and trying different styles and getting really clear on what my jewelry aesthetic is. And also, of course, creating a brand around that to be successful in my, you know, 15 to 27 or whatever those years were that I was doing the jewelry company. But I never really, and I always liked fashion, but I never really like studied it or got into it. I had a period where I was fascinated and delighted by makeup. And now that I had that fun phase kind of come and go, I'd still, I still enjoy makeup, but now I really know my formulas. I know what I like. I know what works for me. I know the effects I enjoy. So I kind of went through trying it all and now really honing in on what I love. And I don't really feel like the need has to be there because it's kind of like I have a level of mastery on the makeup front that I really like. I then went into hair and Atlas loves my natural very curly hair. So I've been learning a lot and kind of exploring going back into natural curls, which has been over 10 years since I was, you know, I've been doing keratin treatments and all sorts of straightening treatments to it. I still love a good blowout to be fair. And I know the curly girl method is like against the straightening and heat tools. I still at this moment am in, I'd say transition because my keratin is still present in about 60% of my hair. So there's definitely a textural difference between the naturally curly part and I don't want to, at this point, cut off the damage that has been done. So I'm kind of in this hybrid transition. So I go between the flow of curly hair and, you know, smooth hair. And I've, I've loved that. But lately, outfitting, outfitting. I love outfits. I love studying different styles and fashions and and playing with them myself and trying things on and yeah evolving that so that's been quite fun and also here in London I've also been drawn mostly over the last I don't know several months to a year that I've been interested in outfitting I've been learning mostly to the stylists that are in London so being here is like a little kid in a candy store because the outfits that I like and have created for myself, some of them do translate really well to Lisbon life, but I think there's a little bit of like, for example, a linen blazer right now 
it's great to wear in London in this weather, but it's really hot in, London, in Lisbon. So it's not really the time or place to be wearing it very often there. So here I get to kind of play with a lot of the outfit ingredients that I've been collecting and I'm so happy. And also they just kind of have a little bit more of a semi- I'd say formal is my thing. I have like kind of three words I love. My intention for a style is elevated, bella, and relaxed. And especially relaxed because of my career doesn't need me to be very formal, but I still like elevated things like a beautiful bag or I don't know, jewelry that's really beautiful because of my jewelry day. So I still have a pieces of this like more tailored or elevated style, but also in a relaxed way. Like I don't really need an actual suit of any kind, Linen blazers are a new thing I'm dipping into. But yeah, anyways, that's been a fun thing for me. I don't know if there's a place for that for me to be sharing. I don't want to become a fashion blogger by any means. How hilarious would that be? Girl goes through consciousness shift, becomes fashion blogger at the end of it. You'd almost think it'd be the reverse. People go from one type of career more in the like my old jewelry days into consciousness, but then coming all the way back around again. I guess that also though does come to show that Consciousness takes so many different forms and staying in this reality, even though I'm not attached to this reality, to stay here is to enjoy the Bella of life, the beauty of life. And that includes outfits because I make them every day, just like making my face every day. I knew with makeup that it was a beautiful canvas to paint. I mean, I don't use a lot of paints now. It's more like watercolors, but it's just so much fun because it's something I get to do to express beauty and I get to walk around in beauty and eat things that are beautiful, listen to beautiful things. Yeah, it's actually, even though it sounds a little or seemed to my mind a little counterintuitive to love, I actually... Yeah, the sensory experience of the five senses and the design within those senses is just even perfumes, all of it. I just love it all. So anyways, yeah, that's been my personal passions lately. But for now, I'm about to go for a walk in Hyde Park and enjoy the sun and the flat easy walking that I have here available to me in London before going back to Lisbon next week and going back to the hills and the heat. So until next time, may something wonderful happen to you today. 